live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 609, welcome in on a Thursday morning, December 2nd, 2021. Your ears are not fooling you. It is, and your if you've been outside, your sense of feel isn't fooling you. It is 48 degrees right now at 609. Is that the, that's the feels like? That's, I don't know what the, that's a good question. I'll 47. tell you. 47. 47 okay. is the feels, uh, feels uh, like right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, this this is highly unusual on December second. I have the windows open in the newsroom. Nice. So we may hear you may hear a little yep. O Street traffic zooming by here during during this first segment. Forecast today calls for seventy three degrees. I believe that would if it got up to seventy three that would hit. I got to go back and look at what the exact number is because I forgot it. Sixty eight yep. for all of December. Uh, I don't know about it okay. For all that, of that's the daily. Yeah, that's we, the daily. We're in range of having. A, the warmest day in the month of December in Lincoln's history. And if you think I'm not wearing cargo shorts right now, you are making a fool out of yourself. Because absolutely, cargo shorts are on. Uh, yes. So, I mean, we need some like some candy cane Christmas-themed cargo shorts I'm surprised here. we didn't have a cargo shorts alert. Well, I should have. I know I'm not even... I, 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 I usually those are I'm a little more apt to put those out in January and February, but I probably should have uh, today. But I just nobody really even got them put them away from a couple of weeks ago, so uh, it, it feels like we're all pretty much attuned to them right now. Uh, temperature does go down about ten degrees each day um, the next three days, down into a high in the fifties on on Saturday, and then we got like a high thirties thrown in there on Monday, but then back into the fifties uh, next week, and so a little bit more barely above average seasonally, um, but enjoy today because it is going to be a nice one out there. i uh, got a good show for you today. Uh, among the things that we will be doing, we've got our sound off coming up here in uh, just a bit. It is a Ticket Thursday. We've got a good pair of tickets for you today. We have got a pair of tickets to Nebraska's home Big Ten men's basketball opener against Michigan. Date on that, Caleb? December 7th. December Tuesday. 7th. So that's coming up next day Tuesday. That will live in infamy. Yes. Yes. Um, December 7th. Uh, no. <laughs> One. Two. Two. <laughs> nice. Sometime a long time ago. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> Didn't really live in infamy with me, did it? Um, so we're going to give those away. I'm not going to tell you our topic yet because I don't want you to cheat. <laughs> but... Um, it's, it's holiday related. Okay. And it's something I've unwittingly become an expert in. So I'll say that. 1941. I, I will say that much. Oh, I was wrong. That's okay. I was, oh. I was wrong too. Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. Go ahead. Oh, uh, did you guys want to keep talking about Pearl Harbor or? No, or I just no? wanted to correct my mistake. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, we're, we're doing a lie detector. We're doing a lie detector game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. It's, there's going to be some uproarious laughter during it. And I think, Caleb, I think we're about to, we're about to put some people through the ringer on this one. Uh, You, I mean, just looking ahead an an hour from now, this is very difficult. This is very the, the biggest challenge of the whole thing is Caleb and I keeping our poker face on this thing. 
Uh, that's all I'll say. Thank goodness we work in radio, yeah, right? You, yes, exactly. So you don't you don't want to miss that at seven ten. Maybe win those basketball tickets. Uh, we'll count, we'll uh, count out the five things people are talking about today with your morning drive at seven thirty five. Uh, Grow Lincoln. Grow Lincoln's going to join. It's been a while since we've had Grow Lincoln in here. Like a long time. And they're gone. They're uh, gone a week or two. There was Thanksgiving. We got a whole bunch. So we're going to have probably a whole bunch of bunch of big news from them here coming up at 810. And then uh, Greg Sharp is going to join us while we still wait for, you know, really any news out of the, uh, the University of Nebraska football program. Still has not been much outside of Marvin Scott entering the transfer portal. So... Uh, there you go. Uh, first thing I walk into work today is a text from listener Barb. She says, we live four houses south of Jack. Pretty sure my husband and I heard him screaming in frustration at the end of each overtime last night. <laughs> Pro- probably. Probably. Yeah. That's like the, that's like the third or fourth listener who's been like via text or calling or something like that. It's been like, hey, I'm your neighbor. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't really know. So anyway, uh, sorry, Barb, if I kept everyone up, but I was in, in fact, very much screaming, very much screaming. Uh, I, I don't really have anything else to say anymore other than I'm tired of losing games. I really want my teams to win. That's all. That's all. I'm, I'm. It would be down. much. It would be much easier to have those results if the officials just weren't incompetent. Oh my gosh! At the so worst fair. times. Hey, but the Husker women are right now. Yes, they Thank are. Thank goodness. Oh my god! But they left no doubt. Right. Eighty-six uh, to sixty. So I tried to set up, and yes, I know we're on the radio. I always encourage people to listen to games on the radio. But I tried to set up two TVs to watch both of those games at once. Uh, turns out. Caleb, with all of the subscriptions that I have, with all of everything, my all these monthly things and passwords and logins and apps, I do not have whatever the ACC network sub-channel that that women's basketball game was on. <laughs> so I did not get to watch, right. unfortunately, on a second screen, any of the women's basketball game. So. Uh, I, I was just listening to Cotney. Yeah, I, I had to go pick up my daughter from from dance, and so that was during the men's halftime. So I listened to Cotney, and, and they were pretty much Grecian Cotney, and they were pretty much pulling away at that point. So that was good to that was good to hear. So congratulations to them. I'm excited. First eight and no start in well, it, almost a decade for Nebraska. And, and Wake Forest was receiving votes. In the, in the last top 25. They also had one of the top three-point defenses in the nation, and Jazz Shelley made like three threes within 90 seconds of the beginning of the game. They just said, what? You guys ready for this? You want some of this? Love it. Love it. So, uh, so yeah. And we can turn our attention to volleyball here uh, for tomorrow. Yeah, because that NCAA tournament actually going. begins today. Oh, yeah, it actually gets but, going today. But for the uh, for, but Nebraska will get going tomorrow. I'm going to watch some of the other games tonight because I, I do have ESPN... Plus now, because yep. I got the Bud Crawford. Every first and second round match that goes on okay. this weekend is on ESPN. So maybe Plus. I'll watch that. All right. Uh, better, better to listen to Baylor, though. Yes, it is, which you can uh, hear JB. on KLIN tomorrow. John Baylor. Yeah. yeah. I, I, okay. About, about that. Like, I am. <laughs> it is great. To, I listen to the radio every time I can when I'm driving, all those sorts of things. I just, I som- I just sometimes can't. I'm not going to listen to I'd like to listen to the radio and watch TV if possible. That's okay. That's we're, fine. We're just going to okay. plug that it's here. That's all. We're yeah, not that's... saying you have to. We're just saying we're if if you would like to listen to it if you're out if you're out and about in your yes. car if you have to go pick up which your I probably from, will be if you I got got to go pick up your daughter from dance yep. and you step away from the television we understand what world we live in 
All right. Right. And the uh, green light project here in Lincoln makes it so quick to get across town that you'll be home and, you know, Wait. probably before oh, you leave. Man. Are you saying big radio sabotaged? Well, Project green light. That's fine. I was driving my daughter to dance last night and I got a. I got a call, you know, from uh, a number I, I didn't know what it was, but uh, I answered it, and and because I thought it was going to be sometimes, uh, sometimes when the scammers are calling and I'm driving, I'll you know just to pass the time, I'll I'll give them a little bit of a hard time, <laughs> but it was actually a legit survey on our health insurance. I don't know, maybe you guys got it too. We got a legit survey on our health insurance. I used to work for Gallup doing surveys, so I could tell what was a legit and a not legit survey, and it took like 25 minutes, but. And I would have never done it had I, you know, just been doing something else. But I was driving and I was bored, so I did the entire thing. Twenty-five minutes of like one one to ten ratings on my health insurance. So, anyway. well, look at you! Wow, it's just, helping it's, out the companies. Well, it's just, well, number one, I used to do that for a living, so I understood asked to take those surveys for people. And number two, uh, you know, I was just bored and I was driving. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Distracted driving, not a good thing, Jack. I wasn't distracted. I was doing both at once very adeptly. Uh, what do we have in the uh, the news headlines today, Mark? Um, another uh, court filing by uh, attorneys for Congressman Fortenberry. Holy cow! Really There's good. so much pre, so many pretrial filings in this thing. I can't can't keep it straight. Now, is this different than the one that they say that the uh, the lead FBI agent is a racist on Facebook? Yeah, this is uh, accusing Assistant U.S. Attorney Mac Jenkins of persuading Fortenberry to speak with him, and he assured Fortenberry's lawyer at the time, supposedly, that Fortenberry was not the target. So they're saying uh, they wouldn't have done the interview if he hadn't lied to them. Hmm. Okay. So we'll see how... That goes. This thing This thing is not finishing up soon, is it? It is no. not... No. Which begs the question again, like it's going to get out there with the filing filing deadline to run for House. Get, it's going to eventually maybe get in to, to where the primary is. Um, what's Ford Bear going to do here? The only thing that, that, you know, if they just decide to drop the charges. Yeah, I don't let, as of right now, that doesn't look like it's happening. No. No, but yeah. so this, I, this would be a major setback if they throw out his statements. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, yeah. If, if you lose some of the, well, one of the pretrial motions is to move venue and that's really going to, that would, that would change things significantly. But assuming all of the pretrial litigation is still going on over the course of the next, you know, weeks or a couple of months at this point, at some point, I mean, you, you're, you're going to get out of time where either Fortenberry's going to say he's running or not running or somebody else is going to. Mm-hmm. Need to get in this yep. thing for the. I mean, you know, the Republicans have a have a list, have somebody that they're at the ready to to get in there. But I don't know who it is. I don't know either. Um, I mean, I could guess, but I don't know exactly who it is on this whole thing. And the other big thing is, uh, you know, I'll say somewhat cynically and sarcastically, uh, kind of a early Christmas present for uh, for us all. Uh, it appears that the government's going to shut down tomorrow night. Is this actually going to happen? L- looks more and more like it. Okay. Probably well, might. So much for a weekend trip to the national parks. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, various other services that, that might happen. All right. Well, well, we'll see if they get something here together uh, over the course of the of the day or so. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's imminent now at this point. And there's enough of a stalemate there that it actually could happen this time. Yep. And uh, 
those, uh, what is it, the Nebraska Hospital Association? Yeah, they uh, got a new spokesperson for getting people vaccinated. Oh, really? Yes. Um, So I I heard a state number that, because I had somebody text me in and they said, well, Jack, uh, COVID's only taken up ten percent of the of the beds, and so that's a you know that's a, a different issue. Um, that's more of a business issue at this point. I, I did hear a number yesterday. Um, I believe it's on KLIN that thirty five percent of the ICU beds in the state are COVID patients now. I believe that's correct. Yeah. So uh, you know it, it it's hard if you're not in the in the industry in the world or or seeking out these services to understand exactly what the you know what the shortage of of beds or or whatever it is looks like exactly, and why it's happening. What all of the factors that are are contributing to it are, and what you can do to make it better. Is it is it all about COVID? Is it about seasonal flu? How much is that playing in? Well, seasonal flu is not an uh, not an issue yet. Still not an issue. Not here. Okay. Uh, some parts of the country, but the uh, intensive the ICUs uh, treating these COVID patients, which are generally younger and unvaccinated. And from what uh, we're hearing, Dr. Gary Antone said some of them are very critically ill. And so that takes a lot of resources. Plus the hospital, this is a busy time of the year as people try to use up uh, health spending accounts and flex spending accounts. Elective surgery type stuff. Elective surgery stuff. And, and of course, there was pent-up demand from when elective surgeries were were put off. and, And there's just a lot of things to do. Plus, you'd have staffing issues, you know. Uh, we're like 2.4% below our pre-pandemic uh, level of unemployment. I mean, in that, Nebraska. That's true, too. It's it's just um, how, how how these hospitals can get staffed up is just, uh, yeah. it's not happening. Hey, oh, did you see that uh, that Tom Osborne did a, did a uh, PSA? That's what I was referring to with the uh, Nebraska Hospital Association. Okay, okay that's it. Yep. That was uh, Tom Osborne. Uh, that's what that Nebraska Hospital Association PSA is with Tom Osborne uh, urging Nebraskans to get vaccinated against COVID-19. That's and, interesting. And, of course, the Omicron is in the U.S. now. Which we it, knew was going to happen. Well, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it had already been It probably here. was for, you know, for a while. Uh, all right. So there you go. And, Caleb, no real Nebraska football. Here we are to Thursday and still not, not much in, just in the way of news. Now, it sounds to me. Other than Austin Allen, tight end of the year in the conference. But, yes, on, on the coaching side of things and really on the transfer side of things. Uh, and based on uh, this uh, article by Sipple, I think Cam Jurgens is going to go pro. I was telling you guys that's a... Uh, they're saying he's a third, fourth, or fifth rounder, according to Siffle's piece. That doesn't surprise me at all. Ugh. Like he's he's really good, and everyone wants to focus on the snap issues from two years ago. I don't. I just want to focus on no. him coming back. Well, by every everybody, I'm talking. There's a lot of people yeah. that that you see still point to that. He's really plus. Good. I need him around here for a summer job to do some uh, repairs on my vacation home in Beatrice. Jeez. I thought you. Had that on the market. Well, building that new one. Where, where, where is that now? That, I got a. That's it's the new one. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. Sandy something. Yeah, right. Six twenty four. We'll take a break on KLIN. Miss a newscast? Get the day's top stories sent to your inbox with the daily from KLIN. Sign up for free at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. K 
Caleb and I are having legit entirely too much fun getting prepped for our lie detector test today. I'm still not going to tell you exactly what it is, but it's Christmas and entertainment related. It's something I think I have a pretty good handle on. Uh, I'm telling you, it is going to be entertaining. The biggest challenge for Caleb and I will be to, to lie with a straight face and be, be able to not break character. I'm just going to end up turning my mic off. Yeah, you have that benefit. I, I can't do that. I can't do that. Hey, real quick, before we get into the sound off, it is confirmed. We got a bus. We got a driver. Okay. Uh, we need to fill it on Thursday, December 16th, two weeks from today, with uh, with people who can sing. This is just like a... This is just like a, a dream I sort of had, and um, and thanks to Windstar and, and Mark and, and, and Maria and everybody here at Broadcast House, we're actually making it happen. I just said, I would love one night this Christmas season to load up a bus of good singers and go around the town and go caroling. My dad was a pastor, and we always went caroling with people from the church. It was just a regular thing that we did and went inside nursing homes and went through neighborhoods and, um, you know, people in our church who, who couldn't necessarily get out. And I sort of, I haven't done that in years. And so I said, why, why don't we put together a, a group of people who would like to do that and have a KLI and caroling bus of all-star carolers going through the city. And so, yeah, we are going to do that. So if you, if that sounds fun to you, if you can carry a tune... I'm not going to make you try out, but it's going to be a bit on the honor system here. If you can, uh, if if you can sing a little bit and would like to be on on our bus, it'll go from about five thirty or six to about eight thirty or nine on that Thursday night. We'll have more details. I'm working on the route. We're, we're figuring out the route. If you've got ideas for the route, hit me up. If you would like to to be in the group, hit me up on the text line. If you'd like to do that, you can email me, jackam at klin.com. You can get me on, on social media. We're going to we're gonna add to the uh, the website a place, too, where you can put in a place you'd like to suggest that we go or if you want to be in the uh, in the traveling choir. I would say Mark says we have about 40 to 50-ish spots available. Okay. I'd like to get a solid 50, though, or close to a solid 50. That would be a powerful, strong group. You know, I'm, I'm envisioning walking through the Haymarket. I'm envisioning walking maybe through South Point, maybe into some neighborhoods. I, I still want to do this like a competition, like like The Voice or America's Got Talent. Can <laughs> you imagine a... me, you, and Mark sitting with our backs turned <laughs> and someone sings, and I hit my button, I'm like, I need him on the bus. Need him on the Get bus. Get on the bus. <laughs> we'll sit at, you come a half hour early, <laughs> and then we send people home. That's, just, that's, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> Your journey ends today. Go back to your car. That you was, can't come with us. Without a doubt, the greatest rendition of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer I've ever heard. Get on the bus. Uh, all right. So start RSVPing. If I got a couple RSVPs already. Um, my uh, my my uh, my buddy Brett, uh, who's a very good musician in his own right, he uh, he's told me he's going to be a part of it. And so, well, you maybe, mean maybe I can get him some, to bring uh, a guitar, or some something. RSVIPs. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So let's let's get some more there uh, and have some fun on that Thursday night again, December sixteenth, two weeks from tonight. I got the bus. I just need the singers, and we need a route. We're gonna have a fun, make a fun night of it. Uh, all right, sound off time. Let's get started. Is a shutdown coming, Caleb? Could we be facing 
the prospect of a lot of federal services shut down, national parks and the like very soon. Well, let's find out more. The clock is ticking. The deadline is midnight tomorrow. When it's shut down, could trigger everything from national park closures to delays in Social Security checks. And at issue, a group of GOP senators holding up an interim funding bill to defund the mandates. Meanwhile, the House Freedom Caucus throwing fuel on the fire, writing to Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, urging him to block funding, saying, we therefore write to request that you use all procedural tools at your disposal to deny timely passage of the CR unless it prohibits funding in all respects for the vaccine mandates and enforcement thereof. All right, so mandates are the sticking point there, and it looks like everybody's pretty dug in, so we could very uh, actually be facing down a real shutdown this time around. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of vaccines, President is going to make some remarks today about new COVID policies with the Omicron uh, variant now present in the United States. The president scheduled to head to the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland this afternoon. He's going to speak about steps his administration's going to take as the U.S. enters the winter months and has to face the new Omicron variant of COVID. He said earlier this week the plan calls for no new shutdowns or lockdowns. The president is expected to be extending the current mask mandate for public transportation. That means face coverings whenever you're on buses, trains, or planes. The current rule is set to expire in January, but the new plan calls for it to continue until March 18th. Ooh. In Washington, Chilton, NATO, Fox News. All right. Okay. Buses, planes, planes, trains, and automobiles. Speaking of Christmas movies, uh, will uh, will still be something you'll have to wear a mask in into, into March, according to that new policy change that's going to be announced today. Big hearing at the Supreme Court yesterday, well, oral argument at the Supreme Court yesterday about a Mississippi law that could have a significant impact on Roe versus Wade. Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban aims to overturn precedent first set in 1973's Roe v. Wade decision. And why would 15 weeks be an inappropriate line? So the viability, it seems to me, doesn't have anything to do with choice. Chief Justice John Roberts questioned the viability standard that has guaranteed abortion up until about 24 weeks of pregnancy, suggesting a new standard. But Justice Sonia Sotomayor, a member of the court's liberal wing, warned about changing precedent for no reason other than the makeup of the court's membership. If people actually believe that it's all political, how will we survive? How will the court survive? A ruling from the court may not come until late June. Mm. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Uh, could be a very significant precedent there, but as he said, it uh, it's going to be a while till we actually hear that. Uh, other things that are going on right now. Well, this is going to be uh, this is going to be interesting. I saw some some uh, like a little teaser for this thing. See, Alex Baldwin is going to sit down, or Alec Baldwin is going to sit down yeah. with George Stephanopoulos. Um, and I I watched like a thirty second preview of it, and Me too, yeah. he like he like completely breaks down. But he he also well, I'll play this clip here first, and then I'll tell you. Some of the surprising things it looks like is going to come out of that interview. Alec Baldwin sat down with ABC's George Stephanopoulos for his first TV interview since the fatal rush shooting that killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins and wounded director Joel Souza. The two men know one another, and Stephanopoulos was recently on Baldwin's podcast. It wasn't in the script 
for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, no. In the clip, Baldwin was not pressed on how he ran the set as a producer, but was questioned on why he didn't check the gun, as most actors do when involved in these scenes. Baldwin also said there should never have been a live round on the set, period. Michelle Polino, Fox News. So he didn't pull the trigger. It just, it, it just went off. Uh, there'll be a lot of people talking about that tomorrow. Uh, let's see. This is an interesting study. The trend indicates that more and more adults find themselves living alone than has been the case in the past. The report from the U.S. Census Bureau finds more American adults are living solo. The percentage of adults living with a spouse, it says, decreased from 52% to 50% over the past decade. Overall, there are about 37 million one-person households in the U.S. in 2021, about 28%. Contrast that with 1960, when just 13% of households were occupied by a single person. The report finding the percentage of adults living with an unmarried partner increased from 7-8%. Sue Guzman, Fox News. That's interesting. Almost doubled in terms of the uh, percentages there since, what, since the 1960s there uh, in terms of people who are living alone. Other things going on. Speaking of living alone, you want an Airbnb experience for the holidays? Man, this would be tempting. It really would. You've probably seen the movie Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin, and the house itself is one of the most, I would say, famous movie houses that there is. It, it beautiful house. It's in su- suburban Chicago. Well, guess what? You can now spend the holidays there Okay, if you can hit the price. Airbnb is renting out the Chicago-area house that co-starred with Macaulay Culkin in the 1990 holiday classic comedy, Home Alone. Kevin! The massive house will be available to book for only one night on December 12th as part of a promotion for the new Disney Plus movie, Home Sweet Home Alone. And the house is equipped with booby traps that you can set up yourself, 90s junk food, and more. It'll cost just $25, plus taxes and fees, of course. Monica DeLuca, Fox News. What, $25? What? Are they having a drawing? Everyone who pays 20 I don't know, but man, would I do that. Just for the booby traps? (laughs) Yes, I want to know. By the way, half of those booby traps of that movie or more probably should have killed those two guys, (laughs) which would have made for a very different movie, I think, had they actually been, had their lives taken from them because of a a paint can concussing them or uh, uh, getting tetanus from the nail that they stepped on or, or any of those things. So, but I'd do that. I would do that. Uh, By the way, that that home sweet home alone is going to be awful, right? I haven't even seen. I haven't even seen anything about it. Just just making broad assumptions. Yeah, I I can't imagine. But I thought, listen, I'm in the minority. I think Home Alone Two is not nearly as good as Home Alone One. But I know that's a. Some people say Home Alone Two is the better one, which is just shocking to me. Man, there's a lot of discussion on whether Home Alone is better or Home Alone Two is better, and the only real opinion that matters is that they're both trash. Wow. 
Straw. I was watching Home Alone 2 with my kids a couple of years ago, and I forgot that Donald Trump has a cameo in yeah, it. They were, like, yeah, the, they were like, hey, is that the president? I was like, like yeah, yeah, actually where, it is. Where'd that come from? <laughs> uh, all right. A uh, new uh, new CEO at Twitter means some new Twitter guidelines that are a little bit controversial. On the heels of Jack Dorsey stepping down as CEO, Twitter will now prevent the sharing of photos or videos of private individuals without permission. Critics are claiming this new policy equates to censorship. Social media platforms have become the modern version of the town square where most debate takes place. Inspiring the most backlash, though, is the out Twitter gives itself. A spokesperson told Fox Business that media would be allowed to remain up if reviewers deem it adds value to public discourse. As a result, critics are accusing Twitter of removing or keeping media on an ad hoc basis, judging what narratives are allowed to spread and what content users should engage with. Kelly O'Grady for Fox News. It's a fraught world that if you get in as a uh, social media company trying to uh, trying to curate and police the the content that's how are you going to police every so single thing it is thing. just a, it's a nearly impossible world uh to do that but nonetheless they're they're going to try that and and that could i mean just the implications like all that brings up a million questions about how exactly that would be enforced and administrated but nonetheless they did announce that yesterday last but not least uh, Caleb talked uh, about uh, you know, how in sports there was no deal reached and in a Major League uh, Baseball lockout mm-hmm. uh, is happening. Also, no deal reached among college football decision makers on a playoff. There was yeah. a thought that perhaps there could be an announcement yesterday about an expanded playoff. Well, not so fast. The College Football Playoff Management Committee was preparing to make an announcement Wednesday regarding expanding the four-team format of the tournament, but they once again walked away without a unanimous decision to branch out to either 8 or 12 schools starting in 2024. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey had this to say. We're not the conference that's been clamoring for college football playoff expansion. That's come repeatedly from others. The CFP Management Committee has until January to unanimously agree on an 8- or 12-team format. Otherwise, the can is going to be kicked down the road once more, and a potential expansion would not take effect until 2025. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Oh, SEC, you're the worst. Oh, we've not been the one who've been collaborating for college football expansion. That's been other conferences. Hint, hint, Big Ten. Pac-12. <laughs> The SEC, I think, uh, has the most to gain by an expanded field. Well, because they're going to get more teams in. Here's why they don't want an expanded field. Alabama, Alabama still's got a pretty good shot of losing to Georgia and like getting in the playoff. Right. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. But nobody else would have that situation, right? It, it's just, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, Ohio State's not backing into the playoff. No, with two losses. No, you're like the SEC already has a good setup. But I still think it would be even better for them, especially because when you have it expanded, you get some of those games on home campuses. Mm-hmm. Why would the SEC not want that? Right. By the way, what's Alabama's best win? Ole Miss, I guess. Yeah, they they don't have a great win. Yeah, and they had they needed overtime to beat Auburn, but yet here we are mm-hmm. on name alone. Uh, I'm hoping Georgia wins that game. Me too. All right, 6.52, that is it for your sound off. Check in with Capital Humane Society next on KLIN. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, let's go. 6.55, 47 degrees in the Capital City. Potential warmest day in December history in Lincoln, Nebraska. 
Maybe a good day to uh, adopt a pet. Keep you company. Out there as the uh, winter comes in, and Matt joins us from the Capital Humane Society. Tell us a little bit about the pets that are being featured this week. Uh, how you doing, Matt? Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Good. All right. Tell us about the pets you're featuring this week. Yeah, so I've got, uh, first off, we got Yoda. He's an approximately nine-month-old Rottweiler mix, a neutered male. He's black and rust in color, so he's got that darker kind of tan. And he weighs just under 50 pounds, so he's a smaller Rottweiler mix. Uh, he came to the shelter because his previous family couldn't take care of him anymore. He's a very gentle dog. He's a very loving dog. For being a puppy, he does very well on a leash already and, and loves to cuddle. Um, he'll take the training very quickly, too. He's, he's treat motivated. So, cool. Um, he greets everyone. He thinks everybody is his best friend. If you, if you walk up to him, he, he's your best friend right away. So uh, he's up for adoption today. And then we also have Chewy. So Chewy's an approximately two to three year old pit bull mix, neutered male, he's black and white in color. He weighs about sixty five pounds. Uh, he came in as a lost dog and he wasn't claimed, but he's a he's a happy guy. He likes attention too, and for some reason he really enjoys the attention from men. So so when you say uh, dogs are man's best friend, he's the literal definition of that. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, well, good. Uh, people who are interested in making adoptions uh, right now, what's the best way to uh, to do it? Yeah, so we are using a system called Qlist right now. And uh, so to get in line, it's a virtual line. So you go to our website at 11 today if you want to open it up. Fill out uh, the form on there. You'll get a text message letting you know you're in line. And uh, receive notifications on, on where you're at when it's your turn to come in. All right. Thank you very much, Matt. I appreciate it. We'll check in again soon, all right? Have a good one. All right, Matt from the Capital Humane Society. Sorry about his little phone issues there. We'll see if we can get that worked out for next time. All right, coming up in about 10 minutes, listen for that cue to call because it's Ticket Thursday. At 710 every Thursday, we give you tickets to the best sporting events, concerts, uh, other events in and around the capital city. But we make you play one of our signature games to do that. And if you've never heard the lie detector game, uh, it's always a fan favorite because Caleb and I put our heads together and try and fool you. We, you try and we try and see how good we can convince you of something that isn't true. And today we have got a Christmas entertainment themed lie detector. I'm going to hold off on giving you the exact details of it until <laughs> we actually play the game. But Christmas entertainment. We talked Christmas movies on Tuesday for Tuesday Top Five. And so we're staying kind of in that ilk for this one. But Caleb and I have been working hard on fooling you. And that's about as productive as we've ever been in the first hour of the show on working on the game. Yes. Off the air. We, we uh, finished we finished <laughs> it all up and it is ready to go. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Listen, play along at home as well. Gather the family uh, while you eat breakfast. And then I also got your morning drive coming up. Five things people will be talking about. That's about a half hour away. And uh, next hour, 8 o'clock hour, we will have the Grow Lincoln team, new restaurants, retail, businesses, and more. And then also Greg Sharp, the voice of the Big Red. So that is, uh, that's all coming up right now in the capital city. We've got 47 degrees. Wow, Muggle Jeremy just guessed exactly what the... How did he do that? Did we say it? No, we didn't. But I, I don't think he didn't necessarily say that that's what we were doing. He just said that would be difficult. Oh, that's impressive. Awesome.
Also, between his text yesterday and this, he's on a good run. I love that I just changed his name to Muggle Jeremy, and he hasn't said anything about it. <laughs> I haven't said anything. Is that original with... Jeremy? It was just Jeremy. The original but Jeremy be... from before. Yeah, but because he said something about wizards and stuff, All right. called him Muggle. Well, whatever. Jeremy. He's a genius. Okay. 7 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln. Okay, so what gives here? Like, I'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll give, uh, a $20 gift certificate to, like, a, a local winery or something, and the phone lines just kind of burn down. Now, I know Nebraska basketball had a tough loss last night, but they played well, and it's a Big Ten game against Michigan. Or are you intimidated by the topic? Or are you intimidated by Caleb and me? And our sleight of hand. They're absolutely the intimidated That's by what us. it is. They're terrified by... Uh, to be made uh, look, folks, look like fools. Don't be terrified of this that pair. I mean, I, I should be the one to be terrified because I'm the closest to you, too, and I'm not scared of either if, one of you. If you call 402-479-1400 right now, you can play the lie detector test. Hallmark movie edition. I'll, I'll, Which is going to be fun to play. It's all multiple choice, though. There's no... I mean, you can't... It, I mean, you can't be made to look like an idiot. I'll take the first caller right now. And Mark calls told, in. Mark told me before the show that he was an expert on all <laughs> things holiday movies, Hallmark and otherwise. Well, we've got about Absolutely. eighty of them recorded. If my, uh, I bet my daughter's listening at home, and she's uh, being told by her mother that she can't call in and win this thing. <laughs> I guarantee that's happening right now. Really? Uh, because she would, she would win this. She would absolutely win this. I, I'm, I need to make her like a checklist of all the movies that she's seen. So, um, well, there's an app for that, I believe. Hallmark uh, has a. Do they? A we mo- can check movie, them all off. A movie I app. Get that for. I've so I've unwittingly seen most. Of, okay, now the phone. Uh, what? I didn't do a good job enough selling it in between traffic and weather. <laughs> then everybody. Now everybody's in. Well, and, and some of, some of the what streamers. The streamers. Oh, are the streamers! To, are it's now, the future. That's right. Everybody listens. The, the streamers now. Yep, and they're they're coming to life. Okay, we'll be calling in streamers uh, if you're uh, if you're Come doing on, Stephen. All right. You'll so, hear this eventually. <laughs> <laughs> By the time you're hearing this, there may be a winner, but... Yeah, Stephen, if you would have called when you texted, yeah, you would have got You would have been in. You would have been in. Uh, all right. Uh, Matt's going to be first. Uh, so here's how it works. We are going to read you three movie titles. Two of them are real, actual have aired or will air on Hallmark Movie Channel Christmas movies. About 80% of them uh, are starring DJ from Full House in it. (laughs) And then one of them is totally and completely made up by Caleb and myself. But we'll see. Maybe they actually actually, uh, sound like Hallmark Christmas movies. All right. And you can have Mark help you out uh, if you would would like to. (laughs) Yeah. Mark's a Hallmark movie connoisseur, I hear. Yes, it's it's called a wag. A wild... (laughs) <laughs> audacious guess. God, yes. There. I was like, wow. All right. Uh, Matt gets to take first crack at this. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing? Good morning. Very well. All right. Huge Hallmark Christmas movie fan, I assume? Oh, well, yeah, I know them all, except uh, like 95% of them. <laughs> that's good. That's, 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 I, I've seen them. I don't know the names. All right. Well, you can do this. Maybe you can just uh, just use your power of reasoning here and doing this. So I'll give you three. You tell me the one that's fake, the one that Caleb and I made up. All right. Your first group of movies. The Santa Suit, Holidays in Helena, Help for the Holidays. The Santa Suit, 
Holidays in Helena or Help for the Holidays? Which one do you think is the fake? Uh, let's go with Holidays in Helena. Is it Holidays in Helena? Actually, yes. We thought maybe a Montana setting for a holiday movie would be nice, but you're correct. Not a thing. All right, next one. Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> the Christmas Couple Hitched for the Holidays or Christmas Incorporated. The Christmas Couple Hitched for the Holidays or Christmas Incorporated. Uh, let's go with uh, the Christmas Couple. Is it the Christmas Couple? What is going on? <laughs> Correct. I'm going to lose my mind. Caleb and I spent... All right, last one. The Nine Lives of Christmas, A Dream of Christmas, or Delivering Christmas. The Nine Lives of Christmas, A Dream of Christmas, or Delivering Christmas. Mark, the Hallmark movie connoisseur. Mark, Mark is ducking down so he looks like he's not in the studio. Come on, Mark. They are the nine lives of Christmas, a dream of Christmas, and delivering Christmas. I think Hallmark has this one. Hallmark. That's why they call him Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that. Is there a fair tax? Rele- uh, <laughs> a fair tax Christmas. <laughs> a fair tax. What, what was the middle one? A dream. I think that Christmas. is a move. One of them. I think that's a real one. <laughs> Mark's BS on what he knows with these things is just amazing. All right, you think? So I think it's either the first or the last. The nine lives of Christmas, or delivering Christmas. I, can't, the first I can't imagine the nine lives of Christmas, but. That's just, yeah, I was gonna. That, that's the way I'm leaning. Um, being as I have no support under me either way, uh, let's just go that way. All right, we'll is it the nine lives of Christmas? Is it the nine lives of Christmas? <laughs> oh, let's go! Oh. Caleb and I are back. Oh man, I was getting a little we worried. We are back. <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> now it's about to get ugly. He thought he, he about ruined the game. <laughs> James is going to take a shot this morning. James, how you doing? All right, uh, James. Do you love Do you love Hallmark Christmas movies? Well, honestly, I just called in because I felt bad for you guys. <laughs> you know what? I hope you lose. <laughs> but thank you. All right, here we go. Uh, once upon a holiday, hap hap happiest time of year. Or let it snow. Once upon a holiday, hap hap happiest time of the year, or let it snow. Uh, once upon a holiday it, is the fake one. Is it once upon a holiday? No, it's very much real and probably starring Candace Cameron Bure. <laughs> Phone lines are open for you. You don't have to just feel sorry for us either. Jeez. Well, Caleb and I will go to the Michigan game. Jeez. Yeah. What a good game. Go out to the hay market before, have some fun. All right. It's a 6 p.m. tip, so it's not bad. 6 p.m. Tuesday? Tammy's going to get this. Hi, Tammy. How are you? Good morning. All right. Where is your expertise level on Hallmark Christmas movies? I like them. Okay, there you go. That's that, that. We'll take that. We will take that. All right, but don't don't. For, you can ask Mark for help if you would like to, but you probably know it better than he does. So here we go. <laughs> that's, Not, that's a true statement. Which one is fake? Naughty or nice? A princess for Christmas, 
or snowfall for Christmas, naughty or nice, a princess for Christmas, or snowfall for Christmas? A princess for Christmas. A princess for Christmas. No. Caleb, we've run them all off. Well, that's that's too bad. I thought I thought this game was going to be done three questions in, and apparently it's not. Oh, there's there's some Caleb and I. I mean, if we get another five minutes in, Caleb and I are using the tickets. Caleb's got to be there anyway, working. Okay, he can bring his laptop. To our premium seats, he's got a press pass. So, yeah, but no, we're using them. We're getting the, we're hitting the Haymarket before. Where are we going? Just you two. Are we going to Longwell's? So you two are the only ones that count on this. I didn't think you wanted to go. You can go. I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) When is it? Tuesday night. Tuesday night. All right, I've got a headache. Big game. They might win. There could be a a floor storming storming if they win. I'd storm the floor. All right. All right, Brian's going to take a shot at it. Which is the uh, fake Hallmark Christmas movie? Good morning, Brian. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Okay. You're... I'm proud that I don't know Hallmark movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if that's true or not. Uh, all right, here we go. Caroling till dawn, tw- 12 gifts of Christmas, and a very merry mix-up. Caroling till dawn, the 12 gifts of Christmas, or a very merry mix-up. I think caroling till dawn would be way too long of singing. Way too much singing. (laughs) That's one of mine. (laughs) That's correct. I made that one up. On next group, on the twelfth day of Christmas, crown for Christmas or candy cane caper. On the twelfth day of Christmas, crown for Christmas or candy cane caper. Candy cane caper is too corny. Actually, that's a book. Is it? Yeah. Well, it's not a Hallmark movie. That's right. All right. Here we go. Brian's on the verge of showing us what a giant Hallmark Christmas movie expert he is. All right. Uh, a Heavenly Christmas. Santa Claus MD. The Mistletoe Promise. A Heavenly Christmas. Santa Claus MD. Or The Mistletoe Promise. I don't know. I got to go with Santa Claus, MD. Because <laughs> I could not laugh when I said <laughs> <laughs> Just when you get into the surgery room, a Christmas surprise. Ho, ho, ho. Where's the anesthesiologist? <laughs> All right. Brian. I'm here to deliver a life-saving procedure. Well, the good news is you won the basketball tickets. The bad news is we've exposed you to the city of Lincoln as being a Hallmark Christmas movie expert. So, Yeah, I don't know whether to be happy or sad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, congratulations. Enjoy the game, though, Brian. Caleb's going to get your information, all right? Thank you. <laughs> wow. I could not say so. And you know what the funny thing is? I wrote that one. <laughs> yeah, you, Santa Claus, MD. <laughs> Caleb and I had so much fun writing these. We, when he gets off the phone here with with Brian, I got to go through the rest of these with you, Mark, and see how you do because we were very proud of our of, of our work. Ones? Yeah, yeah we, we'll go through because there are only a few of them that were gotten right now. The first two holidays in Helena was a fake one. Yeah. Uh, the Christmas couple 
was a fake one. And then there was this one. The Nine Lives of Christmas, A Dream of Christmas, and Delivering Christmas. Now, he thought, first call nine thought lives. the Nine Lives, because that sounds fake. That's a real one. It's about cats. Oh, God, <laughs> that sounds so terrible. It is. Yeah. I, <laughs> what are the other ones? A Dream of Christmas and Delivering Christmas. Delivering Christmas. Yeah, that's a fake one. I mean, that one, that one sounds like a real one, then. Yeah. Uh, once upon a holiday, hap hap happiest time of the year, or let it snow. Hap hap, hap happiest. Yeah, that's a that's a reference to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I, I was very confused why that was not an immediate answer. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, naughty or nice, a princess for Christmas or snowfall for Christmas. Uh, probably snowfall. Snowfall for Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's fake. <laughs> Caroling till dawn. <laughs> It's fake. Candy cane caper. It's the Christmas version of Red Dawn. (laughs) Santa Claus. Some intense caroling. That's what we're doing when I get the bus, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Santa Claus MD. All right. How about this one? The Fruitcake Factory, Oh Christmas Tree or Snow Bride? The Fruitcake. Yeah, the Fruitcake Factory is fake. Absolutely. Uh, Chris and Kristen, both with K's, the Christmas Parade or Baby's First Christmas? Baby's first Christmas. No, Chris and Kristen. That's a good fake one by Caleb. Yeah. Broadcasting Christmas. I mean, well, never mind. Broadcasting Christmas, Sincerely Santa, or My Holidays Made to Order. Broadcasting Christmas, Sincerely Santa, or My Holidays Made to Order. Broadcasting. No, that's real. That also sounds terrible. Sincerely Santa. Sincerely Santa is fake. Another good one by Caleb. Annie Claus is coming to town. I'm laughing at <laughs> Yeah, that was, that's it. No, that's real. That's real. Mistletoe Island or A Wish for Christmas. <laughs> Top Gun. Mistletoe Island is the fake one, but that sounds awesome. <laughs> what happens when you spend the holidays on an island with a bunch of hot singles? <laughs> Mistletoe is everywhere. <laughs> Then the next love is in the air. And then the next season was Baby's First Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. What was your favorite fake one, Caleb? <sighs> it's I mean, there was there were fake ones that we ended up not using, but um I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be it's got sincerely Santa was pretty good one. Your your Santa Claus MD one, I was, could not handle it. All right, there you go. Congratulations, Brian. He's going to the basketball game. Thanks for playing along with us. 724, you are listening to Lincoln's News and Talk, 1400. You still don't ask direct questions, you know. (laughs) Jeez. And 99.3, what about Florida? KLIN. KLIN is hooking you up with a chance to win 50. All right, 740, it is time to count them down. Without any further ado, let's get it started with... Number five. Lincoln Chamber of Commerce announced this morning their new president, a familiar face, uh, Jason Ball, who worked for the Partnership for Economic Development for five years, going to be replacing or succeeding uh, Wendy Birdsall. She announced earlier this year that she planned to retire at the end of the year. And I believe you know Jason. Um, I I know of him. I I knew... uh, I had some idea that he was involved in the uh, that he was one of the people that they were taking a close look at. Uh, he he was at the chamber. He left here in 2012 to go to Hutchinson, Kansas. I know he was at Sioux Falls as the uh, chamber there, and most recently he was at Round Rock, Texas. And uh, he is going to be coming back. Originally from uh, Sydney, went to Nebraska Wesleyan University of Nebraska as well. Um, so. 
yeah, good to have somebody who knows knows this area. And I think we'll probably be talking to him a lot here uh, on the show. We've had, I've had, we've had Wendy on the show uh, since I got here in, in 2006. Um, that is one of the only uh, nonstop guests that we've had since I started this show. And so um, hopefully we'll, we'll do the same with Jason. Uh, but also a good time to say uh, thank you. Wendy's done a great job, I think, with the chamber. Man, has Lincoln changed uh, over that it's period changed, of time. changed since 2013 when I got here. Yeah, that's, that, that's also true. By, by the way, the uh, story broke. Uh, Matt Olberding at the German yes. Star broke this story. I'm, I'm sure we'll get I a news. I kind of knew it, though. But yeah. Well, yeah, but now it's <laughs> official. It. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. Yes. Matt uh, Matt has a good piece on it, uh, and I'm sure we'll have more on it here at KLIN throughout the course of the day. Number four. Former Husker football coach and Congressman Tom Osborne urging Nebraskans to get vaccinated. It's a new video public service announcement released yesterday by the Nebraska Hospital Association. Coach stated, unvaccinated patients in the state now outnumber vaccinated patients. Uh, this is hospitals, hospitalized people. Outnumber vaccinated patients 11 to 1. And so he really is, uh, you know, a spokesman for getting this done. Get out of my life, Tom Osborne. Just kidding. <laughs> You're messing with fire. Yeah, you know I don't believe that. You know I don't believe that. I'm just transferring uh, some of the things I've, I've heard in the past. No, I'm glad he, uh, I, I'm glad he did that. I, you know, is that going to put people over the edge? Who knows? Uh, some it will. Maybe it will. Yeah. Uh, Both ways. Maybe it'll encourage some to get vaccinated and others just... That, that's an interesting question. Who is the? Who are the most influential people locally um, who could who could say something and really change minds on, on vaccinations at this point? I well, wonder who I, it is. I, I'll know if, if somebody walks into one of the clinics and says, Jack sent me, I'll know who it is. Hey, they know where I stand. They, they know where I stand on this thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. But you know there are there are, I think uh, there are some other people like uh, it's probably it's probably honestly media personalities probably like national media personalities who even could have local. the biggest impact. I mean somebody like Ken Shimmick, who's been in the the business forty years at ten eleven. Uh, That's true. You know people respect him mm-hmm. and uh, believe what he says. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. We we will see, but the hospital capacity issue, Mark, uh, I know is is beginning to be a big enough deal that you've got uh, a lot of a lot of the leaders in the state talking about it pretty significantly again, and and just talking about how, at least as it pertains to COVID, so many more of the, the people who are in the beds are unvaccinated rather than vaccinated, and younger, generally. and younger, and is, sicker, which is probably because fewer young people are vaccinated, right? Eleven to one hospitalized. That's the ratio. All right. What else is going on? Number three. Well, Congressman Jeff Fortenberry is asking a judge to toss out statements he made to federal authorities investigating illegal campaign contributions. He evidently was given assurances that he wasn't a target, and uh, and a motion filed yesterday in district court thus accuses Assistant Attorney General, or Assistant U.S. Attorney Matt Jenkins of persuading Fortenberry to talk with him and assured his lawyer at the time that Fortenberry was not a target. Well, I don't know exactly. I haven't read the motion, but there obviously is a scenario here if you're the prosecution where you're like, well, yeah, you weren't. 
a target. And then you, and then we were investigating this, and you became a target after the fact. Now, I don't know if that's the timeline that we're dealing with here, or if Fortenberry's folks think they actually were being disingenuous at the time and using basically false pretenses to to have the conversation and what's the legal impact of that if that is actually the case. So but bottom line, Mark, is there are a flurry of pretrial motions that have been here. I mean, the Fortenberry team has tried a bunch of ways to try and either have this case thrown out, have it moved out of California, do all sorts of things. And, you know, a while, don't you remember the original trial date was scheduled for, what, like December 15th or something, something like, like that? that yeah. And I was like, no, it is not happening then. And they're not even going to get to these pre-trial motions before the end of the year. What's the it normal turnaround on a motion like this? Uh, along with- In a federal court, I honestly don't know. It, d- it depends on the court. So in a, a federal court like this, I, I have no idea. I have, uh, I mean, I can tell you what it would be like in Lancaster County District Court for a pre-trial motion like this or county court, but this is a totally different situation have we with even- that procedure. Do you just get unlimited motions? Yeah, you can make a motion for... I mean, yeah, there's not a... It's not like a get-out-of-jail-free card or like a... It's not like an appeals process. Right. Okay. No. Or, it was like- or it's not like hay in Settlers of Catan, <laughs> which my family has been playing all the time lately. That's awesome, and I just have more respect for you now. Really? Yeah. 100%. Thank you. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway... Anyway, yeah, this thing's uh, been going for a have, long time. Have, have they ruled on the uh, change of yeah. venue? I don't, they haven't ruled on any of it that I'm aware of. Okay. But, for, I mean, again, Ford Mary's team has like five different things that they put out there. They, they, they've got this one that you just mentioned. They've got the change of venue. Uh, they've got, uh, I think they objected to some of the discovery materials. They've got, they basically are saying the lead FBI agent is a, is a huge racist. racist on Facebook. Liking anti-Islamic tropes. So there is a lot to sort through here before we actually get to the uh, the adjudication of the merits of this case. Number two. Nebraska had both basketball teams playing in the Big Ten ACC Challenge yesterday in North Carolina. The men played just the second ever four-overtime game, but dropped it to North Carolina State 104-100. Women's hoop stayed dominant. 86-60 win over Wake Forest. <laughs> okay. Bad first, good second. The, the combination of missed free throws and some really questionable calls in that game and a close loss, again, for a Husker men's team. Oh, please. Yeah. Come on. Haven't you done enough to us, the sports gods? Have you not inflicted? Are you not happy with the pain you've inflicted on Nebraska football and men's basketball fans? Have you had your fun yet? Okay. We're going to have to do that burning thing, Caleb. Every time that we I don't do our Ted Lasso-style sacrifice. And, and even the mayor heard us talking about it. I told her I was going to get a permit to do it. it. It may be time. I don't know, maybe Tuesday before Michigan? we got to do it sometime. Uh, but here's the thing. Nebraska, the, the players themselves and the team on its own had opportunities to win the game by... Not giving up a 14-point lead right, making free by, by Bryce McGowan's making a free throw yeah. at the end of the second overtime. You had the no opportunity no for doubt. Verge to make a shot at the end of the first overtime. But you also had a giant foul discrepancy. You had Huge. NC State shoot 27 more free throws over the course of the game. Not shoot 27 total, but shoot 27 more. It was 42-15. to 15. 
Um, you had a clear call that was missed at the end of regulation where Alonzo Verge Jr. was 100% fouled. Yep. Um, so you had a number of things go that way, and then there were some just real odd calls over the course of the overtimes as well. It would be, you were allowed to be kind of tic-tac on one end, but yeah. almost no blood, no foul on the other. There was a lot that Nebraska could have done on their own to still win, Absolutely. but there was a lot working against yeah. Nebraska that still could have uh, turned itself into a victory for Nebraska. Let me accentuate the positive. Now we're seeing why they got Casey Tominaga. Holy cow! Yes! Dude, he, that is the best. That, was, that one that he made in one of the overtimes, uh, I woke up the neighbors on that one, okay? Number one, Alonzo Verge has found his his spot a lot better on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, man, he I, I thought he was really good. Had a few a few mistakes, but I thought overall he was really good. Balancing his sort of scoring focus and his passing focus. If you can find the equilibrium there, yeah. it's a good thing. And Bryce McCowns is, I mean, he's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, so. he is. Just watching him grow over these first eight games is incredible. Yeah. Uh, shorten up the rotation. All in all, I was encur- I was encouraged about the team. Well, you I'm had excited to, to, had see to shorten up the rotation because Latman got kicked out. Oh, yeah, there was out. a fight in the game. That was a heck Trey of a McGowan's game. scooted on out to across the court. That was amazing. If you didn't see it, the benches kind of cleared, and there's Trey McGowan's with one knee on a scooter wheeling himself out to the middle of the court. I would encourage fight. everyone to go watch it, but also make sure you've got people in your life like a Trey McGowan. Right. That will scoot out to help, <laughs> I guess, help you in a fight with your broken foot. All right. Number one. Actor Alec Baldwin said he did not pull the trigger on the gun he was holding before a live bullet struck and killed a cinematographer and injured a director on the set of Rust. Uh, That's part of an ABC News interview that was released yesterday. Uh, Said uh, Baldwin, quote, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger, end quote. Baldwin said he does not know how a live bullet wound up on the set of the Western, which was being filmed at Bonanza Creek Ranch near Santa Fe. Law enforcement still investigates. So he's sitting down. They're they're promoting the heck out of this. We've got GMA on this morning because they went away. We usually watch Channel 8's local news in the morning, and they went to Good Morning America. And I'll tell you what, Mark, they have been promoting this nonstop. George Stephanopoulos' sit-down with Alec Baldwin. They released a little portion of it. And he and he just breaks down. Alec Baldwin does, but he does say, "I did." Do we know that already? That the trigger wasn't pulled. Was that something? Uh, uh, because, I, listen, you guys know I'm one of the foremost gun experts in all of the country with the different scopes I own. Guns and the different, do not go off by themselves. Uh, the different calibers that I'm interested in. Um, you know, big bullet guy, I guess. But, and with my gun expertise, I would say what you just said, Mark. Is there is there any scenario where a gun, by like tapping it on the side or squeezing the handle thingy too hard, it goes off? There is a scenario that the gun did it itself. And that scenario is, don't know if you guys saw this in the news yesterday, robots are now self-replicating. Wait, and that, that gun was made with self-replicating robots that took control of the situation on their own. That's the only that's the only solution. It's the only answer. So he's gonna go this with this I didn't pull the trigger thing. Yeah. Which uh, were were any cameras rolling? Like is there a I don't vid- think so. I was I was gonna say What were like, they doing then? 
they were they were setting up uh, practicing the, the scene. Uh, I think maybe even moving a camera. They they were had shot the scene, I believe. Well, that's probably not the best verbiage to use. But. I'm going to guess he was since he thought there were not real live rounds in it. He probably uh, he may not have intentionally pulled the trigger, but I'm going to guess he did. I would, right? That would be my assumption. Right. Again, just based on my gun expertise. There. Well, I, I don't know his his history or how much he's used guns, but if you're not used to using that weapon. You might not think you pulled the trigger or touched the trigger, especially in the moment where there's a loud bang and all of a sudden there's someone on the floor. And but yeah, I have no idea. But, but in in that instance, he very likely could have, and just in his head didn't didn't know because he didn't understand the weapon well enough. I don't know if that's his case, but, but there there is a strong likelihood that. I mean, the gun went off. You pretty much had to have touched the trigger. I've never shot a handgun in my life, so like, if I had one, and somebody, told, I would like to. Okay, I'm at. I would have no idea what kind of tension there is well, on the, the trigger the, to that, do that. That depends on the gun, right? Uh, you, you can you can have a, a hard pull or a soft no, air trigger. Air if trigger, you, yeah. Uh, if it, yeah. and they're they're somewhat adjustable, but on, on a movie set, you're not going to have that type of, of situation. Like, is it I, soft enough where you could do it unintentionally? Well, I mean, like if you're just holding it and you, flinging it around. If you're flinging it around, you shouldn't be flinging it around. You shouldn't have your uh, finger within the trigger guard unless you're actually going to use it. And he was, I mean, they. it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, we'll see what he says the rest of that interview. At 7.54, we will take a break. That is it for your morning drive on KLIN. Hear the Huskers home and away. Now streaming live on the KLIN app and at KLIN.com. All right, welcome back. It's December 2nd, 2021 at 809, 45 degrees on a warm December day in the capital city. Well, Monday, excuse me, Thursday mornings at 810, we bring in our next two guests, Robin Eshelman of Eshelman Commercial Real Estate, Dave Albers of Albers Co. And uh, we use their expertise in the commercial real estate market to talk about news regarding businesses, restaurants, retail, and more, and economic development, growth, those sorts of things as well. Uh, Robin, good morning. How are you doing today? Good, good to see you, Dave. How are you? Good. Good morning, Dave. gentlemen. Um, uh, guys, I do want to mention just because probably a lot of people who, who uh, listen to you would, will be interested in this. We talked about it in the morning drive, but the Lincoln Chamber has hired Jason Ball as their new president. Um, so he'll be taking over when Wendy Birdsall retires. He's a former Lincolnite, went to school here, uh, spent time uh, working, I believe it was for Elphead here, and uh, then went to a couple of other locations, including Sioux Falls, South Dakota, most recently around Rock, Texas, but he will be coming back. So any quick reaction to uh, to hearing that, guys? I remember him, friendly guy, big smile on his face at every minute. He'll he'll be great. Okay, I think he'll do real Good. well. Good. All right. There you go. Guys, it's been like three weeks since I've had you in here. It's been a long time. It's been, we had Thanksgiving, we had a couple of weeks off, and so we are back at it right now. So let's, and, and I know there are a couple of these that I might have, you guys threw me some nuggets while you were gone, and I might have, um, got some of them out there, but we'll just go through everything that we have today and just get people completely updated and caught up on what is going on. So, uh, we are going to start, Robin, we are going to start with number one. Apparently, um, something new coming to North 48th Street, the University Place area there. Uh, what can you tell us exactly? Some people did not know that Ramos Pizza had left. I didn't know that. Oh, I was no. 
I think you guys told me, but I didn't know that, and I was bummed because I was going to go there once. I think it was, it was a, a short lived. It's actually been a few months that they've been shut down, but no, they were not there for very. No, it was short, very long, and that was a good idea too. There have been a string of places there, um, but this one is going to be a Latino or Mexican restaurant. They don't know the exact name yet. They. They had formed their LLC but didn't have a restaurant name yet when um, commercial broker Matt Leonard was the one who told us about this. Um, but, you know, they're going to join quite a number. Boy, a list <laughs> on North 48. That is that is uh, wow. heavy in the Mexican food. You are, if you like Mex, you are going to be in heaven. Yeah, because you've got... In that area, I mean, you've got, I mean, they're fast food. Other ones are kind of fast foodish places, but you've got um, that new Abelardo's that used to be in Amigos. Uh, you got Burrito Express. You got uh, De Leon's in the area as well. Am I forgetting anything? Uh, Franco's Fresh Mexican is coming to 48th. Oh, that's 48th and Layton. That's right there, too. That apartment complex That's there. one of those restaurants, And yeah. we've always had Taco Bell at 44th and O, and really not too far from there. 56 and Holdridge, you've got Super Taco and Taco in there. So, I mean, this th- there is this central section of the city where you could do you could do Munch Madness just, just the in Mexican that restaurants part of and that, Lincoln. Yeah. That uh, central, north central Lincoln. That you know, it's interesting. I had a chance to sit down at an event uh, about a month ago um, with the head of the Lux Center for the Arts, which is also located yes. in that area as well. And he was talking. You know, you guys have mentioned all of those new restaurants and the apartments that are up there uh, a little bit to the south of there at 48th and Layton. That would be there, and just the development there. And they are really pushing to make that North 48th corridor. A real kind of a new vibrancy there with a lot of restaurants, a lot of shops, a lot of foot traffic, and to really kind of make it a, a primary redevelopment, revitalization project there. Yeah. So, and, and being close to Nebraska Wesleyan, I right. think that's, it, a, yeah. that's a benefit. Being close to Ag Camp, and you know, I, I say Ag Campus, East Campus. East Campus, I got to watch Law what I Campus. Say. I know, and Dental. And Dental. You, yeah. By the way, you could always tell which all three of them were at the rec center if they were a law student, a dental student, <laughs> or an Ag student. <laughs> <laughs> we had some clients that were in from out of town yesterday and we did the city driving tour and we took them up this corridor and you can see the signs now over on that apartment complex we looked over to the west of 40 of north 48th street and we could see that that new um sh- what is it the sh- shrimp and lobster place oh, we yeah. could see their signage over there um and you could tell that they were putting those restaurants in there and so then we started going up north, you know, up directly through University Place, and they were looking at that going, oh, you know, kind of needs some love here. But this is the best time really that they could be embarking on a on a on a renovation right. project like that because we have a shortage of small buildings for sale in Lincoln hmm. and now would be the time i mean we we are struggling to find buildings for sale so you know if you own something in university place their interest rates are so good and people are fighting over buildings to yeah. buy and to rehab and so you you couple some city tax incentives on top of that and you could really yeah. do, do some things in unite place that's that's what what they're trying to go for. Get a couple of restaurants that stick down there. Maybe get a bar that sticks down there as well. And then you've got that residential and stuff at 48th and Layton. And uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, quickly coming on area of town. All right, let's uh, move on. Antelope Valley News, yep. Dave. What do we got? 
Well, uh, we got word from uh, Josh Neal, uh, another commercial broker, and he just said that they have just leased the south end uh, of a, with approximately 4,000 square feet uh, in the new Antelope Tower project in the Telegraph District, 1900 K Street, uh, and it's going to be... A restaurant. Hey! Early bird uh, restaurant. They serve breakfast and brunch. Currently have three locations with two of them in Omaha and one in West Des Moines. Really? Yeah. And they hope to have their Lincoln location up and running before the start of football season next year. And he also mentioned that they have uh, another... Uh, uh, space that they leased. It's called Share Tea. Uh, they're taking a space in that same building, about 1,800 square feet, and they hope to be open by late spring of 2022, and they specialize in bubble tea and refreshments. Oh, they do that boba stuff, right? Yep. My daughter and her friends are all into that stuff, and I, I always say to her, I was like, There's, I have never, I have, I have never drank any tea I have never drank any tea that uh, um, that I, where I'm like, man, I need some like soft rice balls in this thing to make it better. But anyway, that that's coming along too. We we drove by that yesterday on our tour and looked at all those the new people buildings and yeah. the Telegraph District, and there's still a lot of construction, still mm-hmm. a lot of dirt. You're kind of driving through there, going, where am I? But this particular building where this breakfast place is coming is across the street north of um it's been a whole bunch of names but it's been a school in the in the past it's been purdue university but before that it was called lincoln school of commerce yeah a long time ago it was lincoln school of commerce Mm -hmm. which all that's been sold to that's gonna become a you know health and human services daycare facility over there but um we posted this on Facebook, and it got a lot of shares and, like, thousands of views. So I people are into breakfast. Uh, no kidding, this Robin. Like Have you ever been the, tra- trying to go to brunch or breakfast on a Saturday or Sunday this at is, 10.45 a.m.? I hereby declare a micro-trend. It, uh, th- no, it's not even a micro. The it, demand a, is out a, of control. Is it a trend? The supply. The, the, it's not a micro-trend as much as there is a unbelievable demand right now and there's not a supply is to a, serve the is city it a of mania maybe it's yes a- that's more that's more like what it is go i mean you can pick about five places in town you go sunday morning 10 45 11 15 forget it forget it i mean it's just uh, i mean even post-covid it's just insanity. Now I this town is thirsty for weekend now, brunch. Okay, so now I live out in the country, so it's easier for me because I just go to Greenfield. So why did Jimmy Eggs fail? Jimmy G- Jimmy's, Jimmy's egg. egg or however. Um, do they still have the one down? Do they have any of their locations or are the they had South Point downtown no. as well? Mm-hmm. No, they no. I don't know. I don't know, but IHOP went in one here, so it's the same and, market. And Village basically. Inn closed at least two. Of yeah. theirs. People like the newer stuff, less Cheney, would be my answer. Yeah, maybe they like local. People like, listen, go over to the eatery on Sunday morning and see how that goes for you. Yeah. Right? Go to nope. go to Bagels and Joe, okay? Yeah. Go to Bagels and Joe at You'll Pioneers. At Pioneer or wait in the drive-thru at Bagels and Joe at Pioneers, I don't know, let's say 11.45 on a Sunday morning. Why don't you try that? <laughs> see how that works. You got the after-church crowd there. Uh, yeah. 
Those churchgoers love them some brunch. <laughs> you work up a hunger worshiping all that time. All right, what else do we have going on? Bourbon Street Bar and Restaurant in Canopy Street put out the following press announcement um, about, do you remember the Flatwater Grill? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. We did an I, event there. We brought a I chef and a town chef in. I loved their food. There's yeah. a lot been there, hasn't there? Yeah. there was There's what, been a couple of things been there since, right? There was one or two. Yeah, was it a, a bar restaurant, a sports bar, right. a breakfast place? A I don't sports, know. Sports There's bar. been a ton there. Um, but they was that they, called Legends? Is that yeah? Right? That sounds right. Never went there. But yeah, Bourbon Street put out this announcement. We um, we are excited to announce that we are moving again. Our time in the rail yard has ended, but we will still be located in the Haymarket, a block away from the rail yard, next to White Elm tasting room which is now at 801 r street we plan to reopen in about a month with an expanded seafood menu nice along with our awesome okay i want to go there i have not i i I, and i know that was people buying single barrel but man i need to go those boil where they throw the corn and everything in that i gotta go all right i'm excited i'm excited that you know interesting that i moved out of the rail yard though um, just restaurants haven't been able to stay in the rail yard. No, that's turning just, into. I mean, turning into office space. Yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah, and we. I mean, kind of guessed that that it was gonna if the people were gonna stay there, it was gonna be gate twenty five still generations. going. But gate twenty five still going, and um, Mellow Mushroom is still around the corner. Yeah. there. yeah. And uh, what's it called? The the oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart. The big the big beer place there with the big huge yeah TV yeah screens. I know what you mean. Oh yeah. my gosh, I can't. I've been there many times and I can't. Th- somebody's gonna text me. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about? Are you thinking Longwells? Yes, Longwells. Thank you for all the. Now all the streamers are gonna text me here in about two, one minute. <laughs> Okay. Until my phone starts blowing up. Longwells, thank you. All right, what else do we have? Uh, let's see. Who's 27th next? 27th and Superior. Yes. Uh, there is going to be, and this is on the southwest corner, a Chipotle is going in. Oh, there. man. And I'm a fan of Chipotle, I'll tell you they that. They just built one by my house, and I... And then you got that app where you can order it and just pick it up in the drive Oh, man. Dangerous. Now, this is Dangerous. where Carla O'Kelly's was, mm-hmm. and that got torn down, and Panera Bread is building a building there. I think that it's going to be two separate buildings. I don't think they're going to be attached to each other. But we did incorrectly Wh- announce doodled. that, yeah. That yeah, you sent I it to me, and I said it. Breda. I said Breda. Yeah. And Runza Corporate Offices. We're going <laughs> to take away my lifetime Runza card, I was afraid. Message just as it is not us. Yeah, so that's Panera that's yeah. building over there. And Chipotle apparently will be coming there as well. Ooh, all right. Well, there you go. So good news for North Lincoln. We've had a lot of North Lincoln news today. Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, by the way, a couple of texts here. Sarah says, "Try to go to Engine House in Havelock." Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, Scott Which, says, "By the way, good food again." Scott says, "Jimmy's egg fa- uh, failed because quality went downhill fast." And then Dave says, "Can you ask Robin if the rail yard is doing the ice rink this year?" I can't find anything online. You guys heard anything about I that? I have not Check heard. On Check on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Please. Okay. I bet they will. I, I'd be. I, did they not do it last year during the COVID year? I don't even know. Probably recall. not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, got a couple of minutes left. Anything else you guys want to get in from your uh, from your list here? 
Um, which one should we do? Number three. Oh, we have a closing in downtown Lincoln. Better Life Nutrition, which is on 11th Street between K and L. There's not a lot of nutrition supplement stores in downtown. I'm kind of surprised there's not more. And this mm-hmm. one's this one's going. So. Okay. And yeah. I'm also going to bring up uh, the fact that uh, Pioneer Gymnastics has moved to uh, 3800 Old Cheney. This is where the former Gotcha Covered was located. There is a Burger King in front of it. Uh, A lot of people just think of it as 40th and Old Cheney. Yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. And so they they have moved. Used to be a Hy-Vee long ago. Yeah, Correct. And then Hy-Vee moved across the street. And then Hy-Vee moved across the street to Williamsburg. Bingo. Bingo. But they're in that center. Okay. And they used to be on Pioneers, but they're still going to be called Pioneer Gymnastics. Correct. Even though they're not on Pioneer anymore. Correct. Okay. All right. Uh, and then, by, by the way, uh, do you guys want to do the, uh, the the J.J. Hooligans one? I thought that was interesting as well there, number four on the list. J.J. Hooligans at 311 North 8th Street. Now, this is a bar. It's in between Lead Bellies and Best of Big Red. They are applying for a liquor license because they are changing their location to 826 P Street, which is the former old Chicago. Hey. That's a big jump. In size that's there. A, that's, that's a significant, a huge expansion. Yeah, it is. That's a cool building, though. I was. Yeah, it is. It's a neat uh, build. Yeah, it's this. It's uh, literally, legitimately, the saddest I've ever been when a national chain closed in Lincoln was yeah. when Chicago closed. I just had a lot of good memories there. Yeah. So that used to be Starship Enterprise, and it was a bar in the. Uh, 70s and 80s. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Was, Starship, the name it. was it a Star Trek themed bar? No, I don't know why it was it, <laughs> it was just called that. Okay. That's weird. Uh yeah. All right. Trivia. Uh, and, and then it was another bar. It was, there was some other bar names after that. Okay. But I just remember. Uh, I'm not even sure of the basketball schedule. Are you guys on this weekend? or We, uh, we are preempted. Preempted. But for those who are interested, who are members of the Chamber of Commerce, we did an interview with Wendy Birdsell and talked to her about going out and what she hopes mm-hmm. will remain um, after she leaves. We've got that. Uh, we've got a podcast on KLIN Shows tab. Then you can pick up uh, Wendy's thoughts if, you're, right. if you've been a big fan. Anna Hurst. Yep. She's the, done a great job for Lincoln. That news comes out. Jason Ball will be the next president of Lincoln Chamber. All right, Robin Dave, thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a good week, guys. All right. 45 degrees in the capital city. We'll take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. KLIN.com is your destination for a chance at winning $15,000. Go there now to sign up for the $15,000 cold cash sweepstakes. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Craig Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. Well, I guess he uh, won't be saying that again for uh, for a while. Well, maybe till spring. A little bit of a break, maybe one that we can all, all use a little bit, uh, but... The offseason is here, but still a lot of questions to get to here this week especially, and so we bring in the voice of the Big Red, Greg Sharp. Greg, good morning. Uh, how you doing today uh, now that the regular season is over? Well, you know, I, I, honestly, Jack, I was a little sad that it was over. Usually when you're 3-9, and nine, you can't wait for the offseason to get here, but I really enjoyed that team from the fact that they brought it every week and you didn't, you didn't t- question their fight and that they would bring it every Saturday. And that's not easy to do when you're having the kind of season they did. So it was an enjoyable team to be around. I think it was a lot of good leaders. It just obviously 
the end of games were not the outcome that we all wanted throughout the fall. Um, I, 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 want, I want to ask you about Logan Smothers before we get too far into some of the other offseason stuff, because that was kind of overshadowed by the loss and then all the talk about, you know, kind of assistant coach hirings and those sorts of things. What was your impression of um, Logan Smothers, and, and how do you think that plays into to whatever happens next year? I thought he did a nice job. I thought he was prepared. I thought he executed the game plan very well. I think as the game went on, you started to kind of see his inexperience. Uh, the mistakes, the fumble at the mesh point early in the fourth quarter. He threw it to the wrong spot for the interception late in the game. Mm-hmm. But that, that's going to happen to a young quarterback. But I thought the moment didn't look too big for him. He, we all saw his athletic ability, how fast he is. Now, he also, I think Scott Frost was pretty aggressive with him running the ball because he knew it was the last game of the year. I don't think there's any way you could run Logan near that much if he's the guy going forward because he, he would be... <laughs> You'd have to have him in a body bag by week four or five. But I thought he did a nice job, and I think he showed that he, he can play and, and compete and even win at this level. Yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he, he factors into the whole thing going forward. Um, and then and then what do you say, Greg? Another special teams play mm. that turned the game. It's I, I mean, it's it sounds like it's too crazy to be fiction to have it happen so many times in one season. But here we are again, pointing to that exact thing. If you had a bingo special teams card, you'd have a blackout after the season's over because just about everything that could happen wrong in that phase did through the year. And it's back to back weeks, right? The kickoff return at Wisconsin, then the block pump for the touchdown against Iowa, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, by the way, we lose both games by seven. So I mean, right. it, it's just. It's got to be addressed. It has to dramatically improve and uh, disappointed in it because I know they put quite a bit of emphasis on it last spring and in fall camp, and it just didn't happen. Sometimes it was just the kickers. Sometimes it was breakdowns and coverage, and uh, it's it's got to be a point of emphasis, I think, here in the offseason. Greg, I remember a year, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Bo was the head coach where he kind of – he decided to kind of take special teams under his wing after things weren't going well, and that seemed to make a difference. Do you recall that that yeah. happening at all? I think it might have been his was last season. It might yeah. have been the 14th season that he did it, and it was. It was dramatically better. He decided to put his energies into that, and it was it was really good. You know, and, and in the era of Bo, you only were allowed nine full-time assistants. Now that it's been bumped to ten. And mm. so now you kind of really go, okay, well, why isn't there just one person dedicated to that phase it's obviously an important phase it's obviously a phase that we come up dramatically short in in game so i i really think it has to be addressed here in the offseason and, and i i fully expect it to be let me ask you this kind of kind of speaking of that so scott frost is not going to call plays anymore and and by the way i don't think there are a ton of people greg that if there are critiques of Scott Frost, it's that it's with play calling necessarily. That without, I mean, I'm sure you can pick and choose some moments, but I think the thought is his time needs to. He needs to have some sort of mental space and some time space during games and during practice weeks elsewhere uh, within the team. What do you think that looks like when you're not calling plays? What can can that free Scott Frost up to do, and is that something he's done before? Or we're we're kind of in uncharted territory for him, but that's I think that's kind of what things are going to rest on with him going forward. It, it's going to be interesting, and I'm, I'm I'm with you, and I think you're kind of thinking the same thing. I I don't know that I want him to stop calling plays totally. I think it's what he's really good at. Yeah, I agree. I mm-hmm. We saw great offensive game plans the last two weeks against two top ten defenses in Wisconsin and Iowa, where Nebraska was moving the ball, and that a lot of that was was Coach Frost. So, I, you know, 
what what he needs to have is a trusted enough OC that he can hand portions of the game to. But there's a lot of times in crunch time, I don't know that I want. If, if there's many people better than than Scott Frost, so I don't know if I totally want him to do that. Now it, he's got to he's got to fit all these pieces together. Uh, I remember one of the comments uh, we did the TV show last weekend, and I think the last segment I go, okay, what's next? And he just made the comment. He goes, well, I, I got I need to take a little bit of time and get myself right. I got to get my head right with what I want to do and go from here. And I think that's important. And, and the problem, Jack, is that there really isn't a lot of time for that because of trying to get a new staff hired and, and the resigning day coming up here on the 15th of the month and as active as the transfer portal has gotten in this sport. So a lot of times this isn't the time that a head coach can kind of sit back and reflect and ponder and figure things out. you got to really put together a lot of the puzzle right now. Yeah. It, it's almost like they need someone, and, and this probably will fall on Scott, and we'll see if he can do it, but you need someone who is really focused on detail orient, orientation, essentially, right? Making mm-hmm. sure you, yeah. you know, when you're, like, who makes the call to switch out, do different punters during the game, right? Who is, uh, you, you know, the things that, you, running backs at different times, going for it or, or kicking a field goal on fourth down. I mean, Greg, you point to the problems, and that's, it feels like that's what it's been, is just lack of attention to detail and they almost need that you know people throw on that ceo type it's almost like a quality control person to really focus everyone an overview on all of those things and you know i don't know if scott can do that or not because like you said i think he's good as an offensive coordinator but that's i think what his job is going to have to be as a head coach now it's it's like running a kind of a, a small company when you're the head coach of a, of a division one football program because of all of the staff that you oversee all the players that you oversee, I mean, it is just a lot of moving parts. And that's why, I mean, that's why Tom Osborne was so amazing, right? I mean, he could handle all those. He could yeah. wear all those different hats. He could call the plays, but you knew he was in total control and that he had everything buttoned up that needed to be buttoned up to be done. And it's, it's a rare trait. It's, it's, why, it's why all these schools are throwing millions upon millions of dollars at guys because they think they found that next guy to be that great CEO as well as a good football coach. It's a, it's a tough combination to find. The, the dollars of these coaches, Greg. Uh, somebody, somebody posted, uh. I give credit to who did, I think it was Dan Corey, who's for 10-11. He posted the salaries of, I think, starting with Solich and all the Husker coaches just going for Like, I had forgotten. Like, Bill Callen, Bill Callen was getting like $300,000, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the way that the salaries have exploded in, in college football coaches with the, the ones that has just been inked this week, like, there's gotta be, there's got to be some kind of a ceiling on this, you would think, at some point, isn't there? Trev Alberts was on with his, his monthly show on Tuesday here on KLIN, yeah. and he made the comment. He goes, I don't know that this is sustainable, the, the dollars everybody is throwing out there right now. And, and I think it has a lot of athletic directors, and I think Trev Alberts is one of them that's going, holy moly, is this really what it takes now to do this? I'll even go back a week, Jack, to, to the announcement of James Franklin. He goes seven and five after going three and five last year, and they gave him a ten-year, eighty million dollar deal. You're like, really? That's that's he's earned that. You think it's just crazy money that's being thrown out there? Yeah, it it really is with this whole thing. Yeah, somehow you know, and somehow <laughs> I guess we can. Everyone can debate the decision that was made, but Nebraska has put themselves in a better financial position, I guess, than they were, especially compared to the uh, the contractual hole that you know some of these aren't going to work out, Greg, and it is going to be a contractual hole for these people. Holy cow, the buyouts that are go along with that. Real quick, I, I heard your interview with Trev, but for people who didn't. 
and who are kind of wondering why maybe there hasn't been more news so far this week on the assistant coach front. I know Tread shed, shed a little light on that, but but maybe you, uh, having been the one to talk to him, can can tell us sort of what your impression of what he had to say was. It's probably changed since I talked to him, Jack. <laughs> he was going to meet with Scott yesterday morning, okay. so <clears throat> I'm not privy to what that conversation was about. But I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been some movement up until now. Maybe maybe it comes today. Um, I do think that they have some things secured, but nothing has been announced yet. And you kind of feel like, right, the clock is ticking a little bit here. Recruiting, yeah. Recruiting the current players. Jack, the current players kind of want to know, who's my coach? You know, (laughs) in those rooms, in the running back room, in the wide receiving room, in the quarterback room, and offensive line. Those guys all kind of want to know, who am I taking orders from? Who's Mm going to be the guy in my life as much as my mom and dad here the next couple of years? So, yeah, and, and, you know, there's guys that are thinking about themselves putting their names in the portal or – maybe putting their name in the, in the draft. And so there's just a lot of moving parts that are kind of being held up. But as Trev said on Tuesday, and I agree, you'd rather get it right than be quick. Make sure you get the right person to be here, not just to say, well, we got to get somebody hired today or right now, right. this hour. So all that's important. Who are Adrian Martinez is is the one that everybody talks about. We still don't know. Are there other are there other names on the team that you feel like are still making a decision that you're still waiting on that will have a big impact on what, next year looks like with or without them? Yeah, two guys, one on each side of the ball, Cam Jurgens, who I think has gotten some pretty good reports back from the NFL that he would be drafted if he throws his name in. I don't think we any of us two, three months ago thought that was a possibility, mm-hmm. but he played that well. All-conference honors came his way yesterday, and on the defensive side of the ball, Damian Daniels is one that I'm really curious to hear about. I thought Damian played great football, team captain this past year. I think he's on the fence, too, about whether – to go or come back. We certainly missed him against Iowa. I think the, that center for Iowa was terrific. I think he'd had a much better, uh, Jamie would have had a much better success rate against that guy than, than what Nebraska ended up having that day. So those are two guys that I'm really anxious to hear, and, and hopefully we get some kind of news on them this week. Well, yeah, and like you said, Jurgens doesn't know who his offensive line coach would be next year, or his offensive coordinator nope. at this point, uh, which nope. may or may not factor into the decision. Um, but yeah, the, the center of both of the lines, uh, pretty significant there, and, and we'll probably know something here in, in the coming days on that. And then, in addition for Adrian, uh, got, got to ask you some basketball questions. Uh, Greg, man, I was... I mean, this is true of me every game. Football, about you know, Wisconsin game, Iowa game, Michigan game in football and then here i am in a basketball game where i am like oh my gosh they're going to do it they're going to get the road win they're up by 14 okay they came back they're up by five in overtime oh they got a free throw to win it i can't do this much longer greg <laughs> i'm taking years <laughs> off my life with these teams <laughs> when does the balance come when does the other side of this come that we win all these sh- close things i mean oh. come on it's just it's crazy there was some real encouraging signs though i thought that team competed really hard last night i thought verge was really good for a good chunk of the game. I thought he kind of reverted back to some of his bad habits late in the game where he didn't get his teammates more involved in, in some of those things. Yeah. But Bryce McGallans continues to play solid basketball. Derek Walker has been really good for this team. So some encouraging signs. I, I, I'm worried about the next couple of days because they probably didn't get back till 2 a.m. or oh. so last night. they got to turn right around tomorrow and fly to Indiana to play the Hoosiers in an early morning Saturday game. So there's not much recovery time coming off of a four-overtime game. So that concerns me as they they start league play on Saturday. But, again, I think this is something you can build off of. It's still really early in the year. 
And you're going to have a lot of opportunities against quality teams to go pick up quality wins. Man, you you mentioned Ver, Verge, Greg, and I remember we talked preseason, just maybe after that first game, and you talked about what a difference maker he was on the floor. The the range of feelings I've had about him as a player in like <laughs> seven games or whatever it's been has been amazing. There was that the the preseason games, and then there you know when he was pushing the drives way too much, having problems with that. A, a lot of fans got way down on him. Then he you know basically won that uh, Southern game for Nebraska, I think, because of, of the way he played. But it's almost like, Greg, I don't know if you see this, but when he finds that equilibrium between, like, he has sometimes a tendency to force the drive, sometimes a tendency to force the pass, but when he finds that equilibrium, he's really, really good, and he's, I think that's when he's that type of player that you talked about in the preseason. I mean, you see his ability to break defenders down and then set his teammates up, and when he's doing that, He's really special, but there are times that it's just like he gets it in his mind that he has to do it all, and the dribble just keeps going. I think even Kent last night on one of his calls said, "Give it up, Alonzo," <laughs> and you kind of like you kind of like pass the ball, give it to somebody. Uh, That's but hilarious. his ability to to you know knock some knuckles or break some knees and ankles is pretty impressive to watch. Yeah, uh, it, it, he is a really he is a really good ball handler, a really good uh, ability to get. He's just got to harness harness what he does well. And sometimes it is scoring. By the way, that score at the then a regulation, I think he faked a behind the back pass on that, and then went up with the layup. Like he is, right. he is really good. If if Nebraska is going to be good, he's going to be a man. So for people, and I was one of them who was a critic at the beginning of the year, but he's going to have to be a huge part of it if if this team's going to reach some some new heights. And then how could we not talk about Casey Tomanaga and and Greg? This was the last two games are those moments that we were hoping for. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is, what it is, but there's something just kind of about the the constant smile, the the excitedness for his teammates, and then the ridiculous shots that are now going in. It, it, he is so fun to watch. It's infectious, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's it, people have glommed onto that, and rightfully so. He and did you notice he started the second half? So, yes. I mean, I think I think yeah. his minutes are going to continue to go up because he is. He's a guy that excites his teammates. He gets things lit up a little bit. It's fun to watch. This team's going to be, I and mean, we've said this for a month or so now, this team's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. They might drive you crazy at times, but oh. they are. you're not going to be bored right. watching this team play night in and night out. Here, here's the only thing. Of course, my hope. It was know, a four-overtime game. I don't think anyone's minutes are going up after that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That That's true. Everybody got in there. But, uh, Greg, the, the only thing, and of course I still hold on to hope. I Man, I I would. Lo- I hope they can, can contend for the postseason. I would love them to, to contend for the NCAA tournament. The Big Ten's going to be good, and so they'll probably get a lot of teams in. The only problem at this point now with three losses in the non-con season, and last night wasn't a bad loss by any means, but you probably, if I mean, if you want that to be a conversation in the conference season, you've got to get, I mean, you got to get Kansas State at home, right? you got to start picking up. You probably can't lose again in the non-conference at this point. Let's see why we got three left in the non-con. you got the Auburn neutral side. And the Auburn game. Tough. Yeah. They're, they're ranked. Kansas the Kansas State. Okay. And Kennesaw. And then, and so we have two KSUs left, and then Auburn. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think at least. I mean, you've got to get that Kansas State game at home to to. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you're thinking about something like around a 500 record in the Big Ten and and still having a shot, and I know that's putting the cart before the horse, but you know that's that's the goal that's here, right? You, that's what that's what we do with fans, right? Yeah. Thinking we're allowed to do that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Greg. Hey, I always appreciate your time. Great job on the call. We love having you on uh, on KLIN for the calls and for Sports Nightly as well. So enjoy your uh, weekend not calling a game, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. All right? Sounds good. Thanks, Jack. There you go. Greg Sharp. More 